Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to No Idea Yet. Too lazy to Google, too afraid to ask. I did it the other way around. We're here to answer all those burning questions that you didn't know that you had yet. I'm here with Johnny. Hello. Alistair. Hello. And myself, Freddie. And we ramble about something we don't quite know about. Go away, research it for a bit, come back and explain exactly what it was that we didn't know. This week... I'm hoping that at least one of us can go away and find someone who has gone through this process. We're going to be talking about conscription. Wow. No, I thought you were going to say, but... <laughs> yeah, I did not. I thought you were going to say something completely different. No? Yeah, I exactly. definitely thought... So, for those that aren't aware, and also I'm not that aware, I think that conscription generally, we're going to go over for, uh, obviously, a, a definition later, is whereby the government or some sort of body of people tell you that you have to join the army for a bit, <laughs> I think. A year normally, I think, yeah. I assume a year, but I mean, who knows? And it's something that I have spoken briefly to a few people about, but I don't know much about myself. And the, it seems wild, but then the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of like, yeah, I think it sounds like a good idea, but I don't agree with war. Like kind of everyone going and learning something and learning how to kind of, not necessarily fight, but do ordnance or use away a weapon or, you know, be away from home. Uh, yeah, exactly. So... I hope you guys are up for this week talking about conscription. I, I, I was wondering. I did, yeah, I did see good. something which was, I think, usually in the US, you have to sign up to say if there was a case of a war, then you'd be willing to join or something like that. So I don't think you have to, you don't have to have service, but you have to, for men, you have to sign something saying, yes, I will join a war if it needed. And if you don't do it, you can get fined. Um, it's, it's national service is what you're, what you're talking about right this is us there. yeah I think that's yeah, like, that's yeah. The more i think they're bringing thing. something in for women now as well in the u.s so before it used to only be men whereas now it's kind of when you're 18 for women will also have to sign something to say yes i will i mean I if don't... you have to and you get fined that's not voluntary <laughs> that's just yeah that's... No, right. yeah totally i mean what's that about that seems like pretty pretty bad what happens if you're a pacifist yeah mate, laws are all voluntary <laughs> <laughs> oh, unless you don't mind being fined and put in prison yeah. <laughs> that's so true laws are voluntary <laughs> You will be fine. Oh, you voluntarily follow the law. So, um, so, okay, I'll start with um, Johnny, since uh, you, you seem to have not been so sure about it. Like, conscri- what does it mean to you at first? If I just said to you that you're at a party, you're not sure what's going on, someone said that they were from <laughs> a country where conscription was mandatory, and for a year they had to go and join the armed services and learn how to do some stuff. What I, do you think? I am, as you're saying, I am fully for the idea of and military training for a year because like uni i'm not necessarily although i went to uni i'm not fully on board with the idea of uni because it's more supply rather than demand of the final product of a degree but realistically it's a great experience for people to move away from home go to a new area meet new people and really like grow and mature as a person maybe in a bit more into adulthood also you have to sort out bills stuff like that so i think the idea of conscript conscription is where you learn to 
all these extra skills you're away from home with new people be an adult yeah being an adult and i mean for me personally i don't think this is something which is i I believe everyone has to do but uh i'm more in the way of just following rules and commands i think it's a good trait to have obviously there's that point of where are you blindly following but definitely think of some people just don't want to follow stuff because they want to be can annoying I, or a bit rebellious for the sake of it and can i, I check out in here yeah. and this this routine uh discipline i'm gonna give a little bit of a yeah. trigger warning here because i'm not sure uh, just a little bit of a trigger warning because i'm not sure how this will go down but do you think that might come from a lack of good parenting not for you necessarily but that maybe we all need to have good parents and that maybe a communal sense of parenting where you go somewhere and they force you into mm. some form of discipline or i'm not saying that for you because i also think i actually did a little bit of army training myself <laughs> like i was in the, i was in the cadets for seven years like i wonder if that was actually a good thing because i'm like i was forced to do certain things and be clean be obedient learn certain routines i i feel that was good for me and i don't i'm not saying that my parents didn't give that to me i'm just saying that maybe it was a good thing i don't think yeah from, from our perspective we could definitely quite easily say that that was the case and I said, I think the biggest thing you'd get from that is discipline and just like, not, not even being, not being a good boy or, you know, or a good girl is just literally like self-discipline to like, just, you know, the routines of, of, of realizing that when you put work into something like that, you do just get much better at it. And, you know, and when it's forced on you in that way, especially when you're quite young, yeah, you, you can rebel against it. If you like, you know, you don't, you, know, you don't have to, it doesn't mean you're going to make everyone into super soldiers or anything like that. Cause obviously you look at countries where it does, where it is, you know, it's very much a thing. Um, and, and it's not the case, but yeah, I think I think there's various in person to person, but I personally would be a. I think I, th- I think overall it's probably a good thing. Um, I, th- I think maybe it has more positives than negatives, but so I don't want to go to this too much, obviously, because for next week it'd be more, I'm going to re bring this up with them. But I've got three friends who have uh, who've done this. Um, so I, I know South Korea, Austria, and Singapore is a thing. And um, did know Singapore had an army, but okay. <laughs> um, and. The guy, the North Korean, the North Korean, the South Korean friend of mine, uh, he said, yeah, he basically spent a year digging holes. <laughs> <laughs> Learn how to dig a hole. But yeah, that's what he did. But, um... I've, I've read that book. <laughs> um, exactly. Johnny, okay, you, I... you, you were raising your eyebrows? I, I think the, the... Uh, so I said North Korea instead of South Korea. By <laughs> <laughs> you, that you said too. a good thing of obedience. And I think when someone thinks obedience, they think like a dog or they think a negative. But the analysis you said is about the, the, the routine, the rules. And I th- it's not just about the obedience and self of like, or do as somebody else says and don't really think about it. But the, the biggest thing is, and they say discipline, it goes to the, the obedience that you you are to yourself. It's, it's self-discipline. Is, is, I think it's yeah. a very powerful tool. Yeah. Any successful person you ever meet, I guarantee you they have a serious amount of self-discipline. Because yeah. if you're I mean, lazy I and you don't do things, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be that successful. Yeah, you yeah. can be lucky and everything, but you're not going to be, every, every major successful person I've ever met has a serious degree of self-discipline because like in my third year i was in chester and most of the time I, I was in uni was it two or three days a week something like that and the rest i was just on my own abby was working full-time um so for me i the biggest thing i learned is you cannot trust yourself <laughs> and you're like you can't trust you know you know don't wait for motivation to make it's the discipline. right decisions yeah. and the thing i did to because i know i couldn't trust myself is i had alarms for everything so to wake up there'd probably be an alarm and then I would have an alarm to walk the dogs, an alarm to eat my lunch, an alarm to play some games, an alarm to do some work. <laughs> and like all of that was because of the Breathe in, alarm. Didn't, Breathe out, alarm. <laughs> 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 
if I didn't, those without those alarms, one of those jobs would go into a lot longer than it needed to be. You know, like, oh, I'll play mm. for a bit longer, or I'll, I'll do this for a bit longer than I need to. And it's, you know, and I, I think that idea of discipline is, and that obedience to your own kind of routine, because sometimes you just can't trust yourself to do something, and you need to have that discipline, which is, you know, motivation is when you feel like it, discipline is when you don't feel like it, and you still do it anyway. Uh, well, yeah, that's so. that's an excellent point, and just to, we've got to we've got to because we focus too much on it. The positives, like to wrap up the first half of really not understanding what we're talking about, because I'm sure we're going to talk to others and they'll explain where we, where we did and didn't go wrong here. Negatives of conscription slash uh, what do you what? say vo- voluntary national service? I think it's national yeah. service. Would, for the army, I would say similar to uni. I have a friend who um, he was in the army for a few years. He even got to be a red coat. So not red coat. That's the Civil War bearskin. So do you know the Queen's Guard? That's it. So do you know they yeah. have the the red coats and the bearskin hats? Mm-hmm. So he actually got up to that rank, and he said the thing he says now is, "I was a great soldier, but I'm a crap civilian." And I think part of that is he he had an injury, so then he got kicked out. And I think. I, mean, I could be wrong, but from his experience, the at least in the UK, the army there's quite a bit of in bullying um, that happened. So mm. sometimes there was like, if you're a bit ill, if you couldn't do something, then people would be annoyed because they had to pick up the work. And then he said he got sometimes he get beaten up because he was injured effectively because people were annoyed that you had to do a little bit more work or whatever. So it is, I think it can end up leading you dependent on your experience. You can have negative experience come out of it worse off than you went in mm. and all you've learned is yeah a bit of discipline but you've completely lost yourself also yeah i think it's very much like different for different people in that the kind of people who obviously who you imagine were soldiers or pretty much all people who have chosen to be in the army or chosen to to you know go through that whole thing and so it suits them whereas if you've got people who just i've got friends who definitely would not be suited to go be in the army and would not enjoy it and would not get anything out of it or you know would have a very negative experience so forcing that on someone for a whole year obviously that does seem seems pretty you know, anti freedom, anti you know, sort of, you know, I don't know. But, well, yeah, yeah. Imagine forcing someone to do something for a whole year here. That'd be that'd be crazy. Like you yeah. know, staying in your homes. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. COVID. Uh, because I mean, just I hope I feel like we've fra- we've uh, gone away from the main point. Really, is that it's about war. It's about killing other people. Mm. Like the whole point. Yeah, it's is having it's having your nation ready for war. Basically, your nation is ready to attack another nation and or defend from another nation. Like. Yes, there are benefits of making everyone come together and learn some skills, and I appreciate that from both of you. But it, the whole point of it is to kill. Yeah, I think we need, yeah. to, we need to get into that a bit more in the yeah in the second. Because yeah, I, 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 I definitely didn't really fully factor that into the mind. You're like, yeah, this is great. Uh, this discipline. It's like, yeah, discipline so that you can wake up to kill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a friend said. You know, I I was trained to be a killer. He says I was trained to be a killer. Um, a great soldier but I'm a crap civilian and that's a that's what you're trained to do mm. uh, dependent on your level as well there's loads of different facets in the army you're not all like just um, combat in the sense that, you know there's medics there's engineers there's telecommunications well, I think everything has a basic has that basic level don't they they have to get through so. oh yeah everyone's got basic training to kill somebody else though and I think at the end it's just just stupid really I mean like also I, they'll get to a point or where you're like, actually, we can just have drones and robots that do all our fighting for us. And then at that point, it's why not do it like with COD? Online. Why make the items? Why not just do it on a game and be like, because realistically, there is no difference. You know, it's just people with power who Doesn't are it saying, yes, what they want. I'm going to beat you in this chess game. Like, and do they, is it 
like because in the past i mean sorry we're gonna just to wrap up like i mean the past wars were fought in order to take over territory because it all like stemmed from agriculture right like i mean mm. we had stuff you don't have that stuff we want your stuff like and then it's kind of evolved slowly into kind of p uh, political and religious and i mean i could be hugely like ruining this subject of i'm sure there are history nerds like crying at their <laughs> headphones right now as i'm saying this but like now it's evolved that i mean we can trade things in a more efficient way than we can take them does that make sense like yeah, it's mutually before... beneficial to not be at war exactly oh yeah for yeah sure. it's, it's, there's a reason there hasn't like... been any like you know world war since well obviously there's all the like, <laughs> stuff with nukes and everything we, we can get into that another time I think that's another 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 whole conversation but, yeah, but we get stuff in different methods i mean like not even talk about how amazon took over literally so many markets during the covid crisis just because it was the better way of doing it amazon didn't take over your town it's just that everyone bought stuff from amazon like so and it's they won the war without conscripting a single person <laughs> the, the so next point, yeah i mean now you definitely say like between countries the biggest thing is taxation between each other you know how much do we charge you to do something and the way that can lead into it as being like right you did something wrong to us we're not going to attack you we're just going to heavily yeah. tax everything that you do relate to us you know we ha we have that of that's what happened with brexit it was kind of like right now we've got new rules we need to make loads of decisions with loads of people because tax is a huge thing it, you know who's getting what sanction? from where how much is does sanction what cost? the right word hmm? yeah sanctions. Sanction. if you yeah. Pose, yeah. pose sanctions on another country yeah like fines yeah, and so, living yeah, we don't like you so i know in vancouver and they had a big issue with um, overseas people uh, buying lots of properties and then renting them out and hiking up the prices. So the whole housing market was being affected by international business people. But and they were like, right, what's happening with the housing market? What's going wrong? It's other people wrecking it. So what they did, they put a huge. So if you were out of the country, then you had a big tax. So effectively, it wasn't as profitable to actually start buying houses because it cost you way more than it would be if you lived there anyway. So you're saying, right, if you want to buy a house, if you don't live here, it's going to cost you like a lot more. And New Zealand's have got that problem actually currently, I think, um, where they're having issues and they need to do something about it. But that was a while ago I heard that. Fair enough. Well, thank you guys for like just rambling as as we always do about our <laughs> first half of what we're talking about. I'm just gonna give you a few points. These aren't necessarily to directly uh research, just as kind of food for thought. And basically, like you said, like there's the benefits of conscription that you guys have touched upon. Ideally, I'd love for you to find someone that you know who has gone through this kind of process and just have a little chat with them. You'd have to record it, but if you can, that'd be cool as well. Um, maybe like how the difference, the conscription in school, they're completely different in your brain, but like why? Like maybe like school should be more like how you've imagined conscription, where we learn about obedience and we learn about like discipline. And finally, is there any reason for this in the future? Like you've said, the future might not contain wars how we've ever imagined them there are no sword fights on the back of horses anymore is there any purpose of um national a national guard I don't know, sorry i keep forgetting what it is that you just said national service <laughs> national service yeah. that's it that's the service um so yeah no, thank you very much for chatting with me about the first half and over to you to research for a little bit over the week and we'll catch up with you in just a moment Hello and welcome back after the break. It's been a week for us and a few seconds for you and we are talking about conscription. 
or the idea of forced, effectively, <laughs> military um, service. Service. I was trying to think of like attendance or something kind of that. Um, so I've set you off with a few questions and also with the possibility that you could speak to someone who actually has undergone the process. I unfortunately only spoke to a guy who spoke only German and Russian and I used a co-worker as our translator and it wasn't really a good recording so <laughs> we're not going to be using that. Um, but obviously it's the beginning so I have to set you off on the most important of tasks and that is to tell us all, tell the world, Johnny, the definition. So here we go. It is, oh I think I wrote this down, constrict conscription description that's nice <laughs> uh, compulsory enlistment for state service typically into the armed forces and also known as the draft in the states but just quickly I just, I've just i literally just looked it up now because I was trying to find it and I couldn't find it of, you had a week <laughs> typically into the armed forces and I was like well what, does, what typically means not all the time and I've just been able to find it it's alternative civilian service so mm -hmm. it's different names, but somewhere along civilian service, effectively. And it's a form of national service performed in lieu of military conscription for various reasons, such as conscientious objection, inadequate health or political reasons, uh, stuff like that. But yeah, so there is conscription doesn't necessarily just mean the military, but it means the you know your government is asking you to do something. For your country. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that the range of reasons for not doing conscription but then being forced potentially into other sorts of service were religious or philosophical grounds political obligation disliking the government sexism uh, and other ideological obliga uh, objections for example hmm. to perceived violation of individual rights which was interesting like just just the idea of being forced to do something means that you're not going to do it yeah, yeah. and like uh, if for example in austria if you didn't agree with it Men drafted for alternative civilian service mainly served in healthcare facilities and retirement homes, while other countries have had a wider variety of possible placements. So I'm guessing it's almost like community service. <laughs> yeah. You don't go to war, clean the streets. <laughs> yeah, because um, I mean I'm sure we're going to come on to the positives and negatives, and also how some of the positives turn into negatives. But um, so I I um, yeah. I did think of I thought I'd look at the UK whenever we had it. So we've had it surprisingly we've had it twice um <laughs> oh. the first i'm sure you can guess between 1916 and 1920 and the second was between 1939 and 1960 yes yeah, you can guess why it's just just a little little bitty war or two um and yeah so it's and also because after the main world war ii they didn't stop it until 1960 so it's kind of like ah mm. so i'm assuming they were just ready for threats really and it stopped in um, 1957 but then it was like the last recruits to finish it was like oh yeah, because they had it was was it a minimum of like two or three, two years. Or three years. I think it was three years actually. You, so yeah, yeah. If you had it in fifty seven to then sixty, that would make sense. If, yeah, that's when it finished. Yeah. So for conscription, um, it is that if you have any medical reasons or like training, you have to finish your training first or education and then go into it. Um, but yeah, yeah. so after nineteen forty nine in the UK, the ages between seventeen and twenty one had to serve in one of the armed forces for an eighteen month period, remaining on the reserve list for four years and they were liable to be called to service with their units but no more than three occasions for 20 days max so it's, yeah so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Alistair you're nodding away is there yeah. something that you can add about the different places and ideas I, yeah so um, I mean so the, some of the research I did basically was 
um well i, I asked four people uh, for the one who i know who done it um and one of them got back to me and hasn't sent me the recording yet <laughs> so we will um we will get around that and we'll, we'll put it at the end of the episode for you guys no problem at all um and so that was uh and then i looked at um finnish and korean national service so that's obviously quite different. south korean or north south korean because yeah. they both have it they both have it yeah uh, south korean north um, korean not count as a country <laughs> <laughs> just like you know well, just, north just, just well, we all our people do all, all the time so, yeah, yeah north, they're a different kind of league north korea has the longest known mandatory service from seven to ten plus years yeah. North Korea. I don't know the length of the South Korea one. Sorry. Was the other one? Yeah. I, well, um, I think it, it was the guy who I saw about his, uh, did um, two years, and it's sort of like well, basically the guy talking about the Finnish one. It was like it's very much you know it's like a bit like university, like there's lecturers and you know there's sort of you know comprehensive training and you get paid for it and you know you get like if if you've got a job or university, it like it, it waits for you to finish your national service and it's all very you know nice in that sort of Finnish way. The Korean one, the guy was like. Yeah, we were like put into a room and they like pumped gas into it that made us all suffocate and we had to like, learn how to do this stuff. And like, it was like, yeah, you go to jail if you don't do it in Korea. <laughs> it was like slightly more intense than, by comparison. Um, but yeah, obviously in Korea, it's been essential since the Korean War. Um, I mean, when you're that sort of close to the threat of war is sort of that real, then I think it's a. Yeah, because that was the reason, isn't it? They have to have it there because North Korea is literally mm. on the same landmass. A, land a mass, real threat it? all the time. So, yeah. Yeah, so and I guess that's why you have conscription is because of the threat. So, like, England or the UK, they had it and stopped it because it's, we have a threat. We're going to make sure that people are prepared for it. And then after it, we don't need to worry about it. Where I guess other countries may be like, well, we can always have it. So everyone's well, always prepared. But That's what I, I saw when I was looking at the different countries is that, for example, in Europe, Austria, Cyprus, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, Greece, Lithuania, Sweden, and Switzerland and Norway have it, but they're not at war. And Israel, South Korea and Russia have it because they're always fighting. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, OK. I mean, I just found out about the US. And so they dropped conscription in 1973, but they have it in place of selective service system. So I, I, I'd mentioned this previously, but I didn't really get it. And so it's effectively you're not conscribing so you're not joining the military but you still have to sign up within 30 days of your 18th birthday but just so they know who's available so i guess you're mm -hmm. on a list for in the case of you actually need conscription it's already done for you and it's a recent thing i don't know if it's gone through or not but it looks like they're having women who will now have to sign up too so mm -hmm. it's not that you're actually signing up and drafting to the military just a case of your name is now on a list and you are available to do it. And I think yeah, the same thing. Love, if they love something, it's lists of people's names. <laughs> yeah, I just imagine that they've point. got yeah, like a really, really, really long Excel sheet, and it's just like, okay, oh, they, they, like, copy that. And then paste that into the now in our army <laughs> file I, folder. I like that it's not even done through order. It's just as people signed up. Just you know, like it's not. Yeah, just just. It's not if you where you're from or how old you are. It's just what time you. Is it on the on the UK one? Would you guys agree with this? So I, this is something apparently there's a, con, a somewhat contentious debate about it. Being I know what you're gonna say that yeah. Would you have people sign up to the NHS instead of like? Or if it was if it was the forced thing, would it need to be the military or if it's going to be you know would it be NHS? And I thought that sounds like a really bad idea because you would really not want people who don't want to be there to be working for the NHS, right? That, that was my kind of knee-jerk response to it. Would you guys agree would with that? Would it be for, like, healthcare assistance, effectively, or, like, you know... So... Well, but, like, janitors and or anything, but I said, anything where you're actually dealing with patients, if you are forced to be there and you don't want to be there, I feel like that wouldn't be... 
I don't know, if you were in like A and E, you know, someone there like didn't care, didn't want to be there. <laughs> I thought that would be yeah, less I, than good. I think it would cost way too much money as well, unless it's a case of it's not paid, because hmm. otherwise, you know, yeah. And the thing hmm. is, you the, the biggest issues you have is like mainly it, it you nurses, for instance, which are they're low on supplies of. So and that's a case of just conscriptions. Like, oh, do you have to get someone a degree or have some form of training you know, to give them a job, which they may then not want anyway. Yeah, and you probably just get. Yeah. You're, you've touched on. Oh no. Oh no, I'll. I'm sorry. I'll, um, you touched on two yeah, points yeah. there, Alice. That, okay. Oh, that. Alice, you touched on two points there that I just wanted to highlight is that the issues with conscription include A, you can force labour, and that has been a known problem in many countries where there is conscription. It's like, oh look, we're not actually at war right now, but we've got all these people who have to do what we say. And then, yes, like you said, potentially people don't work as hard when they're forced to do it. And the second part of that is even if they are at war, I've got to have a paper that I'm going to talk to you about later. Um, there's a chance, or some people argue that forced people into military aren't as good anyway as people who are there willingly. Well, yeah, of course not. And also think how, how much training they're actually going to be able to get in that amount of time. Um, and so yeah, you know, like the, the financial side of that, it, it does, it, I think that's the biggest argument against it in the UK and for a lot of countries is just the sheer cost of so you're not just training them you're housing them you're paying them you know most of the time you're paying them a very uh you know uh sort of humble or modest very modest salary but still uh, you're still paying them and mm. obviously for feeding them and everything else so it's yeah it's like uh almost probably be more expensive than jails and if you want to learn about that then go listen to episode <laughs> uh, i can't remember yeah prison thing you're saying about not being as good because in the vietnam war they found because it's conscription people a lot of people I mean, it was, I think a lot of people didn't really want to be there anyway, just because it was kind of like, well, why? It's not on our soil that we're being sent out, so what are we actually fighting for, kind of idea. Um, but they found that with like a lot of people, they were shooting high. Mm. So a case mm -hmm. of you know, you're not as well. You can train people how to do stuff, but you can't train people how they're going to, to fight feel when they're doing yeah, it. Yeah. Yes, unless so you brainwash like, them. Well, yeah, so it's like, why am I shooting this person? Do I want to or not? And then maybe just automatically aim a little bit higher than you need to because you know actually don't really want to kill this person so again having conscription you may not actually get a good workforce but at the same time you're probably going to get more people in who may never have wanted to go into it if you know what I mean so they, they go into yeah. the your numbers are going to be high it's quality versus quantity yeah I mean if you, go, you watch film, go, go watch the film 200 and then you know and you'll realise that 200 <laughs> so what about, or 300 sorry yeah maybe it's 300 yeah you're right yeah um, well, do you want it was it was the less good version? It was sort of a bunch of <laughs> They were the volunteers. The extra hundred were conscribed. <laughs> so, Johnny, uh, I was gonna say you've, um, just just about the different countries that do it before going to pros and cons of them. Um, so it was South Korea. They have it for oh, this was it. Different ones. It's so for all of these countries minus a few. They're all male only. So women don't have to do it apart from a few. Um, this was only not the full list, but a few of them. Uh, South Korea, so it's 21 months for the army, 23 months for the navy, and 24 months for the air force, which is quite funny that you have different times, and maybe it's because you need to learn different things. Um, then you have, which I felt, do you know the kind of Georgia thing where you're like, I've never really heard of this country before, and now I feel bad that I haven't. So it's um, Eritrea, I think it is, it's in northeast Africa. Um, yeah, I read about that. Mm -hmm. So they have men and unmarried women, which is quite funny, and that's. 18 months but there's human right organize human rights organizations say it's it can be years up to indefinite their service 
and actually quite a lot of people end up fleeing to the UK from that country to avoid conscription because it's the case of you know you end up getting into it and you can't get out and yeah I think that's gonna be my thing and then Switzerland 21 weeks um, and then I'm not sure I think it's I don't think it's every year but you have like an annual extra training which I think can be provided and it's um, yeah and 2013 was the most recently have referendums whether to keep it or to give it up and they kept it so I think yeah, Switzerland's happy to keep it, and that's yeah, Switzerland they do get, get rid of it and got it back again. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, and um, and Brazil, ten to twelve months, and yeah, they were saying as well. It's eighteen. Usually, most places are like eighteen years up, and they were saying sometimes you don't get conscriptions if there's too many eighteen-year-olds. So they case they have a quota, so they won't just if there's too many people, they'll wait effectively. Um, Israel, that's men are three years, women are two years, and Syria is eighteen months. Um, and avoiding it can mean up to a 15-year prison sentence, mm-hmm. which is mad. And yeah, there's a few others who have joined. Uh, Georgia in 2017, um, they do it for 12 months, and it was reinstated after they abolished it for eight eight months later. So they got rid of it. Eight months later, they got it back anyway. So like, wait, we changed our minds. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a change of government. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, well, Finland, sorry, it's quite in terms of how long it was. It was like I said, it was six, nine, or 12 months, and you could choose. Um, which I thought was obviously quite, I don't know, quite nice to be able to be. Because like I said, at the end of the day, you're going to get people who are enthusiastic about it. Like you know, like sort of the kind of kids who'd have gone to Cub Scouts and loved it would be the same kind of kids who are going to by 18, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing, right? I mean, maybe more for the Finnish one than this this Korean one where you, <laughs> you get chucked in a room. Jesus, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah but I think yeah, obviously, um, it's kind of funny actually. Just today, this morning at work, um, we had like a little team meeting thing, and uh, you know, in the classic Zoom meeting, you're waiting for everyone to arrive, so you just sort of all sat there in silence. So I was like, well, I'll take this opportunity then while everyone's there and signs. I was like, so guys, <laughs> random question for you. Uh, what is what do you all think of conscription? <laughs> oh, and? Yeah, uh, yeah, my you man- have a discussion? We had, we had a brief discussion, to be fair. But um, yeah, my manager was uh, thought it would, he sort of, from a reform point of view, like he said, or, you know, if you had it sort of as a substitute for, like, um, juvie, or whatever the British version of that is, like, you know, oh, yeah. or, mm-hmm. or sort of, you know, um, as a kind of, as a public service, basically. Um, it's a sort of reform. And you think, obviously, there is that whole thing about being disciplined and everything else. and all the, It could positively turn someone's life around, but equally, yeah. it is compulsory, well, and you're taking away people's before, freedom. And all that sort of thing, so. Before we jump into the pros and cons... I'm sorry, um, the other big thing of that was just the cost, but anyway, you're gone. Yes. Yeah. Oh, also, Bef- South Korea, if you get a gold in the Olympics, you don't have to have your mandatory um, uh, conscription either. Yeah, so just, silver, not enough. Yeah, I think so, it's just gold. And also... I mean, what age do you have to win a gold at the Olympics to then avoid? Because surely it's like eighteen plus. So it's like I guess yeah, gym, gymnasts would be right. Gymnasts are fine. Sixteen-year-olds won a Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, also the youngest uh, Olympic summer gold medalist now is thirteen-year-old Japanese. That's terrifying. Um, skateboarder, skateboarding. They're all like teenagers. Which is what, a thirteen-year-old okay, skateboarder won an Olympic gold in swimming. That's quite impressive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we get enough topic, because I can <laughs> yeah. see it happening, we get enough topic. Um, before we rush off into skateboarding and stuff, I would like to read to you the introduction for a paper that reviews the concept of conscription. I found a paper and I was like, no way. It's 40 pages long. I'm not going to go through all of it. But it had really interesting arguments for the pros and cons. And I'd love, if you don't mind, to read the introduction. Okay. Please do. If, uh, if there's some issues with sound, wave your hands. Okay. 
Theodore Roosevelt, Roosevelt and his fellow progressives hoped that universal military training would Americanize the mass of newcomers who had recently landed on America's shores. Leonard Brezhnev similarly believed that the widespread service in the Red Army would forge a unified Soviet citizenry committed to the socialist motherland, internationalism and the friendship of the peoples. Like many leaders before and after them, Roosevelt and Brezhnev turned to the armed forces and the policy of universal military service at least, in part, to help build cohesive national communities out of their country's multinational jumbles. The view of this military as a key institution for the labelling and transmission of social values has roots stretching back to ancient Greece, but the armed forces first achieved great popularity as a nation builder towards the end of the 19th century. At that time, the military was wildly hailed across Europe as the school for the nation, and its apparent success was emulated as far away as Tsarist Russia and Mihai Japan. As countries across Africa and Asia won independence in the decades following World War II, they changed their armies with weaving a national fabric rent by communal rifts. Throughout the 20th century, countries across the ideological spectrum have turned to the armed forces in the quest for national integration. And the whole paper breaks down the different ways that this has worked out and not worked out and the potentials for military to really use their power for not good, but also for good. And... I'd, I'd advise any um, listeners who are really interested into reading the paper, I'll put it in the in the description. So, guys. Yeah, yeah definitely pros and come cons. across that. The whole thing of like that unification and like, you know, rubbing elbows with people who you'd otherwise never, never met with, you know, like it was the sort of, you know, all the classes, you know, everything, all that status basically gets torn away um, when you when you join join the army, right? So that's the whole, that could be seen as a very good thing, obviously, um, I think, for shorter time in, in sort of, you know, progressive countries in the sort of, that maybe aren't at war. <laughs> hey, you could imagine that'd be quite nice. Actually, that'd be you know, but like I say, the neg- when if the it works. Start coming in. exactly. If it, right. if it does work, it's a nice no, idea. Like, if it works, let's put all the kids kids together in a school, and they're all going to be friends. <laughs> yep, bullying yeah, does like, not exist here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, well, that's it. Because for like, I think it, as with anything, it depends on your area. Because you know, you you could go join the military, but it doesn't mean you go to one place could be great, one place could be terrible. But it depends on who's commanding, who's in charge, and some people will be power hungry you know some people will be like you know actually quite humble about it but yeah and how you get to the top is different but as you say bullying is quite a big thing because i know when i've chatted to a friend who was in it he said you know it was just a bit of an issue that if you, there was clicks you know and if of you course, were in, yeah. or cliques uh, how do you say it um if you went in that you'd struggle you kind of be a bit of a loner also steroid use quite a big thing apparently um which i didn't yeah. realize so he's saying of like he's a big boy um, as I say and he's saying like quite a lot of being like he fully knew a lot about like ster- anabolic steroids in the sense of how much you use being able to un- depends on how much you weigh how best to use it for workouts and it's quite a known thing that even his like superior would be like do you want any steroids or can I get some off you kind of thing of like yeah definitely for like Jeez. I guess the term is drug abuse um, it is illegal anabolic steroids I think um but yeah, and so that was quite a big thing. So you could even say of like that that goal and to to try go for is actual physical um, prowess. You're also possibly detrimenting your body. So in the short time you're there, maybe you get damaged, or whatever, or you get bad habits because of it. Obviously, this is like smaller scale. It's not like you go to the army and you're gonna do whatever. But those are things which are present, and sometimes having everyone open to that kind of even just thought of like. Um, you know, if you're having uh, any intravenous drug use, 
you know, could that be something which leads them to something else or like bad habits or whatever? Um, yeah, as well as, <laughs> you know, asking for aggression from people at certain times. And some people will be able to, you're meant to be taught aggression on, aggression off, effectively. Some people may only be able to be taught on for the time that they're there. And, you know, they'll struggle with the off part. So, um, mm. yeah, you, mm-hmm. and, yeah, there's a lot of things on my friend as well saying he's a great soldier, but a crap civilian. And that thing of sometimes with prison we're saying about rehabilitation you know it's the same for the military are you rehabilitating people for what's life after the military you know what's available to them um yeah yeah i've got a big problem with that with the 21 day one in sweden i'm sure i've killed too many men because um you guys are both um physically healthy young adults um, we don't really consider the fact that a lot of people going into it also might not be in good health and or even good mental health and both of which could be severely affected by being in a completely different out of their comfort zone location I, I think the conscription you know I say that it, it, you know if you are if you have a dis- disability that stops you from being able to do it well then they don't, they don't you know they don't force you to do that that's obviously ah, but there's and, a big yeah. range between disability and not being healthy. If you're mentally, mentally or physical you're, health, then surely it's only going to be a beneficial for you. I mean, you don't know what the regime's like. Regime and, I mean, mental health-wise, far less so. I think. But if if you're just you know a bit bit lazy and a bit sort of overweight or whatever, like a little bit, you need, you need to do a quick bit of running, a few push-ups, and hey, <laughs> force to <laughs> that. Not easy. Be, it's that easy. But yeah, no problem at all. You know. You just told us that they were put into a room of gas and told to stop breathing. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's just a couple of push-ups, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did have gas masks, but I think they had to take them off, and it was like yeah, it's pretty horrendous. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, you were going to say something about uh, uh, the uh, negatives or positives? I think. I know. I mean, I've listed a few negatives, but obviously, it depends on the actual. The you, the biggest point you made of like depends on the length of conscription, and how. Because I know one of um, the countries I looked up, they said of one of. I can't remember which country it was. It was saying like because they pay you, even though a small, it's not the biggest amount. It is actually an incentive for some people who are actually struggling. So you'd be like, right, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to get a home, I'm going to get food, and a bit of pay. Brilliant, that's great. I think yeah, well, it, so any, any of the, the money. I think it was like ten euros a day or something for the finish up. Yeah, but that's ten euros a day that you're not spending. So yeah. <laughs> that for two years is like yeah, okay. So it's the thing with the prison thing of like you do get paid for stuff, but not a lot because literally you have no expenses. So if you think of the sheer like um you know if you think of how much money you actually earn in a month how much goes on your just you being alive and how much is left over you know you're probably not going to get that left over part but it's still you're going to get and but you're not going to be spending anything because you're busy exactly. so you know it's it's relative isn't it the money so sure. well okay last ish points is without going into the general social pressures of okay you have to wear clothes and you know obeyed by the law but being forced to do something do you think that's okay for the government to do even if it's for greater good greater good i feel like it's quite an appropriate time to ask isn't it with the current what's been happening for the last year and a half i'm sure what you're about to say johnny so yeah yeah like i mean like this is um the thought of for a lot of people and their their worries of any vaccine kind of things of you know like if the government asks me to do this thing one time will it mean it'll you know they may ask me to do something another time and they won't give me a choice or do something like that so i think I, this is, i'm not 
you know, I've had my first jab and stuff like that. It's not really an issue. You don't really care. But, um, but some people have that thought of, you know, the government or even that the whole country is peer pressuring you into doing something. And it's not that people don't want to do it necessarily, but it's the idea of that, like, what happens if this happens again with something which isn't okay? You know, so that idea of forcing someone to do something. I mean, it depends if it's for the greater good <laughs> and mm. what that greater good is. Because for, for war, everyone would say it's for the greater good of your country. But is it for the greater good of the world? Probably not. Um, mm. no. On the website on the website for um, Tunisian, the, the Republic of Tunisia's Ministry of Defence. It's a proper janky ass website, you... isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a very straight. Yeah, so the 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 front page of the Ministry of Defence, the benefits of conscription, <laughs> include a contribution to the peace in the world. So, you know, there you go. I mean, not not just honour of defending homeland and extension of maximum age for admission to military schools, <laughs> but but actually like peace. So some people mm. would say that what they're doing is for the great good. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So keeps them out of trouble, isn't it? Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the street, thank you. Yeah. Keeps you thank you very much, guys, for speaking to me about conscription. Um, just to, I don't want to, I don't want to bang on too much, but just to vaguely summarise the paper that I would love for some of you guys to look at is that it argues that yes, you can meet friends of a lifetime. Yes, you can uh, like earn money you can make friends you can learn skills you can bo have boost in confidence you can get better discipline but often they don't and that's what they're saying is that military service has not been adequately kind of set out to get the best out of people um and that it could do the actual name of the t the name of the paper is a school for the nation how military service does not build nations but how it might and it's very interesting Good title so i'm but some thoughts so, could ask a uh, final question of whether yeah, of or not, Freddie, do you do you agree with conscription? Uh, in a time of war or not a time of war? Um, ooh, what first then the other? One than the other. In a time of war, um, I don't think we have a choice, but I guess they're, they're probably best not to do it in a time of war, to be honest. It'd be interesting to see that because I don't believe that war is a good thing. So if you didn't have the conscription, then it would be a real population vote with their bodies of if they should go to war or not. And in not a time of war, maybe yes, if they did it right. Like, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's a glad thing. If it was funded properly, if it had the, you know, had everything laid out in a way that it would work. Yeah, of course, it, it, you know, it sounds it sounds quite like it's going to have some benefits. But in the, in the way all these things always are, it just doesn't quite work as well. So would well you say would. this... The same for wartime and the non-wartime conscription. Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing for that is obviously, you know, look at how wars are fought now versus World War One and Two. It's completely different, right? So you, I, I don't, I think we mentioned this in the first half, um, but obviously wars in the future may very well not need soldiers in the way that they do. Oh, they might need soldiers to do other things, I guess. But you know, like, you know, they might check your kill death ratio on Call of Duty. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you fly a drone, Emma? Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Johnny, what's your... Um, I think in wartime, possibly yes, only for the sake of... I agree with you, Freddie, of like, because then it's a case of what population votes, but if you have any country... It's, oh, again, it's the nuclear arms race, which I don't agree with either, but the idea of as soon as you take something off the table, somebody will exploit that. So if you say, we're going to put up for a referendum if we conscript or not, 
People don't want to fight to what? Okay, well, somebody's still knocking on the door, and now we have a, a vastly reduced army than say another country. So have we? Have you given your you fight on the back foot? Therefore, so I think an ideal world, no drawing war, but I think realistically, it's probably best to get ahead of it. However much I disagree with war, um, just for their own kind of survival, and then yeah, out of war. Yes, if it was non-murdery. <laughs> so, you know, all, I guess a bit like... Do you want to go to, do you want to go to the murdery bit? Or do you, yeah. <laughs> but do you know, like, um, do you have, as a kid, we called it PGL, or like you, you go to these little camps. Yeah. Away parents from, like, get lost. <laughs> parents get lost. Yeah, so you have those little activities and stuff like that. So, you know, you're doing all the stuff you do in the military, apart from the goal of training isn't to murder somebody else. Um <laughs> Yeah. To be able to if you needed to, but not that you should. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is a love, yeah. But I have Thank to say, guys... great, great choice of it. Great choice. Of it. Oh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Well, um, that's all from us. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>